Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. On today's episode, we are going to take a look back at Talladega and look forward to the roll at Charlotte Motor Speedway. To start off the episode though, I just want to say keep your thoughts and prayers with Jordan Anderson after his scary accident Saturday in the Truck Series race at Talladega where he had an engine issue or possibly a fuel line come apart is another story that I've heard. I don't know if it's true or not. But as you saw, if you was watching the race, he tried to leave the vehicle before he hit the wall. And it was a scary situation for sure. I was at the track in person and when they showed it on the screen live as he was headed to the wall, you saw his head pop out of the window and you could clearly see he was going to head to the wall. I just closed my eyes. I couldn't watch it. Um, very lucky man that he wasn't hurt worse than he was. He's got some second degree burns on his knees, hands, face, and neck. But just keep him and your and his family in your thoughts and prayers as he recovers from Saturday's accident. And also congratulations to Matty D for finally getting a NASCAR National Series win in the Truck Series. Some people may argue that he didn't deserve the win because of a yellow line rule. If they're going to call the caution and freeze the field, I believe he deserved to win. Because to me, Ben Rhodes forced him below the yellow line, and Ben Rhodes should have been penalized and moved to the last car on the lead lap. That's just my opinion. But I also am of the opinion, I don't know if NASCAR should have thrown the caution to start with, with them literally only being a couple hundred feet from the line. Because at that point, nobody in the front part of that field is going to slow down even if you throw the caution, but that is not my decision to make. So congratulations to Matty D. I was happy he won and have been pulling for him to win for a long time now. In the Xfinity Series, congratulations to AJ Allmendinger as he was able to finally win a Super Speedway race. And he let it be known in the post-race that he is still not a fan of the Super Speedways, but he was super excited to finally have a victory. On, on a super speedway race so good for him and reports are there's supposed to be an official announcement tomorrow but reports are that he is going to go back into cup racing full time for calling in the 16 car which has ran a full schedule this year with just with multiple drivers including Almendinger, Noah Gregson and Daniel Henry So that's obviously good news to hear for AJ because he's always been a really likable guy. And it's cool to see him get another shot in the Cup Series after it seemed like his career was over. Well, now let's move on to the Cup Series, which is going to be the main part of the show, as usual. Um, Before last week's race, it was announced that Alex Bowman was going to miss the event because of concussion-like symptoms sustained in a crash at Texas. We talked about the safety issues with this car on the last episode. And unfortunately, right before I started recording breaking news, Alex Bowman will miss the Roval also. And Noah Gregson, like he did at Talladega, will fill in the seat. But uh, I really don't know what else to say about it. The drivers have obviously been way outspoken, and it's been an issue for sure. NASCAR is supposed to be doing a test this week in Ohio to test out a new rear end clip on these cars and hopefully it will work out and we'll be able to solve for the issue with safety 
because the wreck that Alex got this injury from did not look that severe at all from the outside. But the problem is it didn't look severe because the car has no crush to it. The back end is just too stout. And if you watch the onboard from his crash, you can see it jolted him really good. And they released some onboard footage of him a day or so ago, which was really scary to see. Him on pit road just sitting there shaking his head back and forth, opening and closing his eyes. And it turns out his spotter was uh, really worried about him the whole time. So he had a feeling something was off, and he finished the race at Texas. So he never went to the infield care center, but later on during the week last week, he wound up going to the doctor and diagnosed him with that. So now we got two drivers out right now with concussion-like symptoms with Kurt Busch and Alex. Hopefully Alex will be back soon. Hopefully Kurt will be. But hopefully they will also take the time to come back when it's right and not risk their safety. Like we saw Miami do in the pro in the NFL with Tua this past week, if you keep up with the NFL at all. But as far as the race at Talladega, it was a good race. It wasn't the best race I've seen. From the stands, it probably looked better than it did on TV, but just because when you're in person, and as I said earlier, I was there, you know, every time they wiggle or get the bump drafting going down the straightaway and it makes the guy leading the pack squirrely, it always makes it seem more exciting. But from what a lot of people said on TV, it wasn't that great of a race to watch. Like I said, it wasn't the worst Talladega race I've watched, but it wasn't the best either. The stage finishes were exciting, and it wound up being an incredible finish at the end with Chase Elliott beating Ryan Blaney. But uh, speaking of Ryan Blaney, he was able to win stage one, and Elliott also won stage two by making a move on Kyle Larson coming through the trial before they got to the start-finish line. And there were some good stories in the top ten. Michael McDowell continues his impressive run this year of top tens. He has 12 top tens this year. That is the same amount of top tens he had in his first four years at Front Row Motorsports combined. Even though he doesn't have the win this year like he was able to obtain last year by winning the 2021 Daytona 500, it has been an incredible season for him and that team. And I hope they keep it going. It's cool to see Michael running good. He's a nice guy. And you never know, it ain't just been on play tracks either. He is running in the top 10 at a lot of other style tracks. He might be able to squeak out a win before he years over. And then you had his teammate also finishing the top 10 with Todd Gillen. And he ran up front all day long. That was impressive to see. So good day for Front Row Motorsports as a whole. It was really impressive. And there was, unfortunately for some playoff guys, it did not go well on Christopher Bell spun out on pit road and also got a speeding penalty on top of it. And it just went down here from there. So he is in a must win situation going into the Roval chase. Briscoe didn't have the best day in the world. So he is tied right now with Austin Cendrick. He's in, but in a tiebreaker and William Byron is negative 11 right now. And going into the Roval, I think Byron will run well enough to jump ahead after getting stage points throughout the race, which I think they will, and he probably will be a contender to win the race. Hendrick Motorsports has just been really impressive on the road courses this year. But that's if he's not in 
already by the time Sunday gets here because Hendrick Motorsports is appealing his 25-point penalty that he got for wrecking Denny Hamlin under caution in Texas. So we will have to see how that goes. But either way, I believe he will jump ahead of Austin Cindric and Chase Briscoe and make it into the round of eight. Guys that could have an issue, Kyle Larson, he's only plus 18. You know, that's just one flat tire at the wrong time could take him out. And he had a really good race going all day Sunday, got stage points. And some, and during the last run, he just made one bad move as far as a line choice. And he that line went backwards and never could get back to the front. And that was the one downside to the Talladega race being mostly two-lane racing. If you ever got out of the top four or five, it was really, really difficult to get back up there without a pissed-off cycle doing some kind of strategy. And in the last stage, obviously, that wasn't going to happen because it's how they get on these tires. Once you have enough fuel to make it to the end, you probably ain't going to pit no more unless you have an issue. So, and then you got Joy Logano, who is right there at that same points range after going in with a big lead. He finished 27th, I believe, Sunday. Got involved in the first, well, really the only bigger wreck in the race. And the car didn't look like it sustained that much damage. I don't know if he just decided to ride or what, because he was being outspoken about safety with the cars and not really liking super speedway racing the last couple of weeks. So I don't know if his attitude changed there. But I believe going into the road, well, the only person that would fall out would be Chase Briscoe, and I think William Byron moves in. I believe everything else stays the same after the Roval. And also to touch on this about Talladega, people have been trying to discuss why was it only two lines, not the three and four wide that you typically see at the plate tracks. I think it's a combination of the new car being the way it drafts, but I don't believe it's all that because you saw more than that at Talladega in the spring, and you saw it at Daytona where they'd get three wide and super aggressive. Not quite the same as it was last year with the old car, but I think you add in some of the car being a little harder to draft, but I think mainly the drivers were scared to wreck. You look at Ross Chastain's interview, or my bad, listen to Ross Chastain's interview after the race, and all he was worried about in those last two laps when the caution was thrown, when was the wreck going to happen, how bad was it going to be? And I got a feeling every driver was like that for the most part. And when you've got that in the back of your head, it's going to automatically make you not be as aggressive, throwing the blocks like you see, trying to make these moves that you see guys make on super speedways. And I believe that played a big part in it. So I'm really hoping NASCAR can figure out a way to make these cars safer. I mean, the big thing about Kyle Larson the last several years, people have been worried about him running World of Outlaws, sprint cars, and everything else that he runs. And right now, he says that he feels safer in a World of Outlaws sprint car than he does a Cup Series car. And that is really bad if you think about it. Hopefully, they'll get it situated. And that's really all I'm going to say about that. There's The drivers have said enough about it. Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick especially have been extremely vocal. So maybe they'll have the issue fixed by next year for the 500. It's too late in the year to implement any major changes for this car, but hopefully NASCAR is listening and they're going to do something about it. On to the Roval as far as predictions. I think 
Kyle Larson will win. It has been since Watkins Lynn and Augustus has won. He's only won two races this year. He's been extremely close several times. And I think this is going to be a week that he makes his presence be known in the playoffs after two straight weeks of not fin- getting the finishes that they probably should have gotten. He felt like he had the best car at Texas, and they didn't execute properly on restarts. Him as a driver, they didn't have great pissed offs that night. But I think they will make their presence known, and he will beat out his Hendrick Motorsports teammate in Chase Elliott. But my dark horse, you can never count out A.J. Allmendinger on any type of road course. And so he will be my dark horse. You never can count him out. And I believe that's going to be it for today. It's a little shorter episode than last week. But um, I'm going to do my best to be back later this week with the first history episode of this channel. And... um, Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.